You are listening to Jesus is Better, a podcast series presented by Church on Mill, where we discover in a momentary trial the eternal truth that Jesus is better. Hello, Church on Mill. Pastor Chuck here. Thank you for listening to another Jesus is Better, the podcast. Today, I am thrilled for us to have on a return visit, Bond, Josh Bond. In the flesh. Great you, to be here. How you doing? Doing great. great. How are you? I'm doing fine. Thank you. You are coming up on the end of your second semester as a resident. That's right. So how's it been? Um, it has been really great, really encouraging so far. Um, I have been very blessed uh, by the body here at Church on Mill mm. really enjoyed. They're awesome. Getting, oh, yeah. Um, I feel like I've been here for years. Mm. It's hard to it's hard to realize I haven't even been here a full year yet. Mm. Um, so I've been uh, just really overjoyed to be a part of the body here at Church on Mill. That's and great. sit under the elders and... Um, not literally, of course. No, not literally. <laughs> only, only figuratively. Um, but yeah, just get the opportunity to serve and even teach some. It's been, it's been a real joy. Cool. So, well, you fit like a glove. Thank you. Yeah. Hope for many more years. Yes. Looking forward to continuing on in the role. Yeah, that's great. So we're going to think today about not an easy topic. No, actually. So, um, uh, church, we want to process with you uh, some thoughts together related to uh, how is it possible to connect to, be in relationship with, um, be tangibly relating to God. And of course, part of what makes that hard is we don't see him. Uh, we don't, most of the time, we don't audibly hear him. Uh, we can't sit down and hold his hands and look him in the eyes. So this can be a challenging issue to kind of get our heads around. And one of those things that unfortunately sometimes there's the tendency for people to feel isolated and alone, like they don't know what they're doing or how to do it and sort of feel like an imposter, like everybody else around them has got mm-hmm. this figured out and they're kind of out on their own. Mm-hmm. So Josh, as you think about um, how do human beings relate to God, what kind of initial thoughts or two come to mind? Yeah. Well, I think I think you touched on this. I think one of the first things that's helpful just to start the conversation is for us to say it's okay to admit that um, it can be hard to relate to mm-hmm. God. Yeah. That doesn't make you uh, less faithful of a Christian or yeah. something if you feel like um, relating to God is difficult sometimes yeah. um, or even oftentimes. Um, God... We, we don't relate to God like anybody else in our life. Hmm. Like you said, we, we don't see him. We don't um, audibly hear him. And so I think it's like, can't uh, stress that enough that that's, that's okay to admit as a Christian that sometimes God feels distant mm-hmm. because of those reasons. Mm-hmm. Or sometimes yeah. um, I don't know what it means to build intimacy with God or spend time with him if doing that with him doesn't look like it does with all the other relationships right, right, in my life. Right. And probably the way that's most commonly expressed is I feel like my prayers are just hitting the ceiling. Mm-hmm. Like, am I just talking to myself? Is it making any difference at all? Yeah. yeah. So um, if we think maybe theologically about how, how is it that it's possible to relate to God, of course, everybody listening would understand that that happens through Christ. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, just kind of get us going, get us started thinking about how is it that human beings relate to a God who is above all 
Sure. Yeah. Well, I think uh, theologically, like you said, um, one of the first things to point to is that we can relate to God and know him because he's revealed himself. Hmm. Um, You know, we are created beings and he's outside of the world. And so the only way we can know him is if he makes himself known. So we, we are, uh, we, we need him to be proactive. Hmm. And, um, one of the, the core truths that we hold to as Christians is that God has revealed himself. He has, uh, made himself known. Preach it. Um, yeah. And so there are a couple places we can go, um, in scripture to, to look at that. And, and one of the first is from the creation story is that human beings are created in God's image. So we, um, are made in order to have a relationship with God. Mm. We'll never fully be ourselves unless we're relating to him. That's good. So that is a, an important baseline. It It is. So from there, um, we also see throughout the Bible, God speaks. Um, he, speaks to his people um, and does that through his word. Mm. And so scripture um, reveals God to us. Okay. Yeah. Great. So uh, God has to take the initiative mm-hmm. um, because he's, um, he acts within, but he's not, he is not his creation. Right. He's the only non-created one. Um, so he's got to take the initiative and he's done that in creating us in order to be in relationship with him. And then principally through his word. Mm-hmm. Is that a good summary? Yeah. Yeah. Um, didn't say it as well as you, of course. <laughs> I don't know if that's true. Do you think that people who are taller more easily relate to God than people who are shorter because they're closer to heaven? Um, I, I wouldn't know. Oh, okay. I am five foot eight. That, so uh, um, hmm. you'd have to ask somebody a little, maybe a little Todd, closer to Maybe Pastor Todd? Yeah, Pastor yeah. Todd would probably know. We'll check it with him. Yeah. How about everybody listening, when you see Todd next time, ask him. So what's it like being up in the clouds with Jesus? Yeah, up in the up in the stratosphere exactly. there. Exactly. Do you yeah. feel a little closer? Especially to when he's God. got that poofy hair. Yeah. Yeah, that poofy hair is amazing. That might catch some some angel songs <laughs> up in the up in the airwaves up there. Um, quit horsing around, dude. This is supposed to be serious. <laughs> sorry. So, sorry. Uh, yeah. So, um, in what sense, as we read the the scriptures, as we hear the scriptures taught, preached, um, in what sense is that? us relating to God because isn't it a book? Mm-hmm. I mean, how does that work? Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Um, and and typically, um, yeah, we don't relate to people only through writing right. in, in normal circumstances. Yeah. Um, I think it's also important um, for, for all the lofty ways we speak about scripture, it's important to remember that the Bible itself is not God. We don't worship the mm-hmm. Bible, mm-hmm. right? And the Bible... You're right. It's a book. Um, so I, I think off the top of my head of a couple passages where scripture speaks about itself. It explains okay. what scripture is. Okay. Um, so a couple of those would be um, 2 Timothy 3.16, yep. where it talks about all scripture is God-breathed mm-hmm. or breathed out by God. Um, another would be, um, I'm blanking on the chapter, but it's in second Peter where it says, um, none of the, the authors of scripture were speaking on their own behalf, but the Holy spirit, God, the spirit was carrying them along in their writing process. And then the, the third scripture I think of would be, uh, Hebrews 4, 12, where it says the word of God is living and active, Mm -hmm. sharper than any two edged sword. Mm -hmm. And so when scripture talks about itself, 
it its claim is not that it's a magic book, not that it's a uh, living book, but that it's it's a means that God chooses to act through and to speak through. And so we have to understand that Scripture is a way that the Holy Spirit works through okay. to to reveal God to us. Yeah. So something something happens when God's people read God's word. And that, that again goes back to what we said at the beginning. To know God and to relate to him, we're, we need him to, to take the first step. <laughs> and so scripture helps us relate to God because that's what God has created it to do. Yeah. And God has said, if you want to know me, I will speak to you through this book. Interesting. Um, so I, I open the eyes of my people. I open their ears to hear the word of God yeah. in scripture. Right. And that's why we say scripture is inspired. Hmm. Um, so the... It's truthful, um, but it's something that God does speak through. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? It does. It does. Helpful. And um, maybe to just piggyback um, off of that, um, it's not as though God had to do it that way. Mm -hmm. Um, He could speak any way he wants to speak. Right. Uh, His options are endless. Um, And so sometimes it might feel frustrating that um, why would a God of infinite knowledge and power choose to harness that principally in a book today right um but if we look at it from another angle it's actually wonderful that he's chosen to do that because we're not left to our subjective impressions Mm -hmm. there is an observable um um, objective outward truth that exists outside of us and so you and i can open the scriptures and read it together and both hear from god and talk about are we understanding what he's saying rightly Mm -hmm. so this is a a wonderful thing because uh there is an objectivity to understanding what god has said um Mm -hmm. and we uh gosh i there was a a moment in my life in college when um i was pretty sure i'd heard from god on something and so i uh, spoke to somebody about something, and they did, and um, turned out I was dead wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, our our God does lead through subjective impressions, sure, um, and yet knowing I've got to submit those to the Word is such a good thing because then it's outside of us. Yeah. So, yeah. So if we make this practical, um, all right. I I frequent gathered church. Um, I have godly Christian friends, um, but. I feel a little stalled out in actually personally, privately relating to a triune, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, and I've got uh, three or four Bibles. What in the world do I do? Mm. Yeah, you're right. It it can be discouraging if um, we, you know, whether you've been a Christian a long time or maybe not as long of a time when sitting down and reading the Bible doesn't uh-huh. create a magical, intimate sort of experience. Um, or, or even just, you know, you go through dry spells of God feeling distant and, you know, not, not sure um, how to feel about that. So I, I think that's, that's a, a helpful question. Um, I think, like um, you have said, I think really helpfully, from from the pulpit before that relating to God through through reading scripture is sort of like a a steady nutritional diet Mm. um the intimacy and um the relation the, the 
the relationship built through reading scripture is something done over a long period right, of time right, right, over right, a steady right. diet yeah. of reading scripture and we're never promised that we'll have a revelatory epiphany type of moment every time we read scripture mm-hmm. um and that's not really how any of our relationships work that every time we meet somebody we're close with every time we talk to them yeah it's um you know puppy and, dogs and rainbows right exactly <laughs> or even that it's just an ecstatic experience but right. i mean true love is something that is borne out faithfully over yeah. A yeah. long period yeah. of time. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so just keep at it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Open, read, ask God to speak, and keep doing it. Mm-hmm. And over time, He will. Yeah, I don't know. Do you have any other things that you recommend to people when when um, they come to you feeling like that, um, discouraged about sure. reading Scripture, or not maybe much out of it? maybe just an analogy. Um, Jill and I, in a couple months, will have been married um, in the twenties. Congratulations. Um, that's a long time. Yeah. Um, and she has been so gracious and patient with mm-hmm. me. Um, we started, uh, Jill had a job change recently, and we um, developed a new kind of habit of spending time together by going on a date every other Friday. If we went the exact same place every other Friday mm-hmm. and talked about the exact same things, um, she's fantastic. But I know I would get bored <laughs> and she would most definitely get bored. Um, so we we go different places and do different things. Well, why is that? Well, it you know helps keep the relationship fresh. So um, don't do the exact same thing every mm-hmm. time you read the Bible. Um, yeah. I would say um, develop a plan that moves you around to different kinds of writing, different kinds of uh, material, Old Testament, New Testament. Um like some of the more heady stuff, some mm-hmm. of the easier stuff, and um, also have attendant books that are helpful that will give insight into different parts of what the Bible says. And um, don't use the exact same formulaic prayers every time you pray. I think it's just like anybody else that we would relate to in that sense, sure. that um, at least in my case, um, variety is is helpful. So yeah. if you feel in a rut, then... Um, go to a different part of the Bible. Mm-hmm. And uh, probably the most helpful thing to me over the years has been when I get there, and that's not been an uncommon experience for me, um, mm-hmm. is to go to Psalms and to use them as a guide to prayer. Mm-hmm. So just start uh, in, you know, let's say whatever day of the week it is, if it's the, uh, whatever day of the month it is, I mean, it's if it's the 13th and I'm going to Psalm 13, and I'm going to start reading it. And as it triggers thoughts of prayer, I'm going to pray about those. Um, Tim Keller in his book on prayer says that prayer is continuing a conversation that God began in his word. Mm, that's good. So if I use what God says and it prompts me to prayer, then I am relating to him whether I feel it or not. Right. And, and over time, that's going to make a difference. Yeah. And, and uh, God, God, um, God is not indifferent to our emotions, mm-hmm. and yet my emotions, uh, our emotions, are not primary. Right. Um, so, just expecting that um, a life more and more and more and more built on truth will be a life in which I feel more and more deeply the right things. Mm-hmm. But that takes time. Yeah, it's a process. I think that's a really helpful thing to have in our minds a lot. Is that our feelings and our intuitions and the impressions we get um, might might be wrong sometimes yeah um, 
you know, uh, we, our, our gut feelings feel really reliable. They feel so sure. Um, and especially after a bad meal. Yeah, definitely. (laughs) Definitely. Or after a really good meal sometimes, Okay. you know, sometimes something just really hits the spot. We probably should move on. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, you started it. <laughs> That's normal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're the, the great derailer. Um, but no, I, I think we naturally want to trust our impressions, especially when it comes to things like, um, am, I, am I feeling intimate with someone, particularly God, yeah. you know? Um, but uh, scripture describes um, our feelings as, being, as proceeding from our heart. Mm. Um, and our hearts are... Um, you know, they're racked by sin. Yeah, that's good. Um, even on this side of salvation. Yeah. And so we need to um, subject our emotions to the to the truth right. and see if they hold up. Right. And um, what God has revealed about himself in his word um, will sometimes be great and comforting mm-hmm. to us mm-hmm. emotionally. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it might rub us the wrong way mm-hmm. or it might offend us right. or confuse us. Um, but all of those are ways that God uses his word to conform us, uh, to his image, to, to make us holier. That's good. And so I, I think something that can be helpful to remember, um, yeah, is, is not to run away from the parts of scripture Mm -hmm. that seem, uh, less interesting or offend you or, um, maybe confuse you. Um, because those, those might be the very things that God is using to, um, to work out his um, his sanctification yeah, in you. That's good. Interesting. Thanks. Um, let's push back a tiny bit and say um, we keep using this word God mm-hmm. and talking about this person, God. Yeah. Um, who is it that we're talking about? Um, what what does the Bible describe in terms of um, his person um, and his nature? Mm, yeah. Well, the Bible begins... Um, without much of a formal introduction to God, which yep. is interesting. Yep. Um, he is, he just is. In the beginning, God created. Yeah. God was there before the beginning. Yep. Um, but at the, I think it's helpful to, to think of the Bible as the story of who God is. Okay. Um, so, you know, in some ways it's hard to point to one verse that just sums up who God is because the whole Bible sure, sure. is revealing who God is. And That's helpful. The great adventure of the Christian life is that we are continually learning more and more about God. Sounds like a Stephen Curtis Chapman song. <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll decide to take that as a compliment. Okay. Um, but there are there are definite things we can say about God. God um, is the creator of all things. Mm-hmm. Um, he is the creator of humankind. Okay. Um, God reveals things to us about his character. Um, he says he is holy, which means he is radically himself. He, um, is the definer of what is right and wrong, Mm. what is good and bad, Mm. what is beautiful and ugly. Mm. Um, so he is the fountainhead of all those things. And from that, he's just, he does not tolerate evil. Mm. Um, he is merciful. He forgives those who he commits to, and, yep. and he's faithful. He, yep. um, by his nature, is um, loving, and um, amazing. His work of creation and his work to redeem creation are both outworkings of of that love. Okay. Um, that God um, is 
good-willed by nature. He is full in himself and pours himself out into works of creation and, and redeeming people. So all those things tell us about who God is. Um, Pretty great. Yeah. Yeah. That, um, I think that's a, a good way to start with is looking at the things God does in the Bible okay. and what he says those say about himself, okay. his character. Yeah, it's kind of an interesting way of going about it. So saying, um, uh, what are God's actions? What does he do? Mm-hmm. What are his habits? Um, and how does that help us understand who he is? Um, right. Yeah, that's great. Um, and it's it's that's totally true. Genesis 1, just 1-1 one, one begins with, in the beginning, God. And there's he, he defines existence. Mm-hmm. He is the principal uh, being in, in all of um, gosh, how do you even describe that? You know, he's <laughs> yeah. before anything, um, and in him all things hold together. Yeah, and I think it is important to to not miss out on the fact that he is personal. Mm. You know, he, he has a character, yep. and he, and it's because of that that we can relate to yep. him. So not a force, not an. Imp- yeah. yeah, he's yeah. not. He's not the yeah the impersonal force yeah. behind all movement in the world or something so so, sometimes um we just talk about god generally Mm -hmm. but the bible will speak of god in terms of of his personhood Mm -hmm. um specifically right um so sometimes theologians will talk about the godhead which sounds like you know some science fiction (laughs) three-headed monster right Uh, that's not what we're describing so um when when people talk about the 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 three persons that make up the godhead what the heck are they talking about Right. Um, Yeah, and and the word we would typically use is the Trinity. Okay. Um, God is triune, which is just a word that means three in a unity, three in one. Mm. Um, And so... So where um, do I find that word in the Bible? Right. The word Trinity is not in the Bible. Okay, Um, interesting. That is a word that, like you said, theologians and pastors developed throughout church history to describe... What, what scripture describes. Right. So, so it's it, a help, very helpful concept. Right. Yep. Um, and so, you know, we, we, we want a lot of times to say, you know, show me the verse where that is in the Bible. And again, there are some things we can do that with in the Bible. The Trinity is one of those things that comes from reading the Bible as a whole. The Bible is not like an encyclopedia where there's just a bunch of articles that have nothing to do with each other, but it's this collection of books that form a story. And so the Trinity comes from seeing who God reveals himself to be over the course of the Bible story. Right. So how do we get to the conclusion that God is one being and three persons? So it begins um, in the Old Testament. Um, God, uh, we can go to places like Deuteronomy 6, 4 and 5, where it says the Lord, the Lord, the Lord our God is one. Um, unlike um, the many pantheons yes. of gods in yes. the ancient world, right. um, the Old Testament claims there is one God who is above all. Uh-huh. He is the creator. Um, and yet, in the New Testament, Jesus shows up on the scene. And then the Holy Spirit shows up on yep. the scene. Yep. And both of them um, say things and do things that only God can do. And things are said about Jesus and the Holy Spirit that can only be said about God. Right. And um, as we read the Old Testament back in light of the New Testament, we can see kind of hints and shadows of that, that this this is who God is. Yep. God has revealed himself um, in in history over time as three in one. Mm -hmm. And so as 
in, in church history, as theologians looked at that, they said, well, we can't say that Jesus is not God. He is clearly yes. described in, in God-like terms yes, yes, throughout yes. the Bible. Um, and, and worship is ascribed to yep. him in a way that can only be said of God. Yep, and he's, good. you know, uh, he takes part in creation, which only God does. Yep. He receives glory yep. and worship, yep. which only God does. Yep. And then the same is true of the Holy Spirit. We're baptized in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Yep. The Holy Spirit is sent by the Father and the Son. The Holy Spirit receives glory and worship. The Holy Spirit takes part in creation too. So, mm -hmm. you know, that as we look at everything the Bible says as a whole about um, the Father, the Son, and the Spirit, the only conclusion is that each of them is divine. Each of them mm -hmm. is God. Mm -hmm. And yet nowhere in the New Testament does it retract what the Bible said earlier about there being one God. Right. And so... The term Trinity was developed to, to just sum that up and describe what the Bible has revealed about God. Great. So, so again, just to, to summarize what we've said, yep. God is proactive in revealing himself to Amen. us. We can't investigate the earth to find out things about God like we can learn about other things. We need God to tell us about himself. And scripture is his means of doing that. And the whole story of scripture reveals one God yep. who exists always as Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Yeah, that's an excellent summary. Thanks. So um, there, there is one God, and mm -hmm. yet that God is... Uh, we struggle with the language here to find the right terminology, mm -hmm. but for many, 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 many centuries, uh, Christians who have worked on this diligently have come to describe these as persons. Right. Um, but, the f but, but God is... Um, a spirit right so don't think persons in the same sense of um, you and I looking at each other although um, Jesus in his incarnation became human right so that's another dimension to this um, but the Bible is very clear that God exists that God's knowable mm -hmm. and that God is made up of father son and spirit and um, all three persons have always existed mm -hmm. and they're in unity and and yet um, at least uh, in texts where we can clearly go to, we can see that the Father, the Son, and the Spirit are not the same. They're not describing the same person in three different sort of forms. Mm -hmm. um, and so, uh, you know, this, this is also probably one of the reasons that sometimes we struggle to relate to God because the concept of who God is is hard to get our brains around. Right. At least mine. My brain's big. My head is big, at least. I don't know about my brain. Um, Micah sometimes says, you're big brain to somebody if they're real smart, and mm. I don't ever get told that. So it's okay. Is that hard it, no, to it's hear how God made me. big brain and not you? No, it's how God made me. It's okay. Okay. Mostly mine is big because there's a lot of air up there. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Um, so how does God the Father, God the Son, God the Spirit, knowing that that's uh, who God is, how does that help us practically in relating to him? Right. Um, well, and I think that's that's a really helpful question. Big brain question? It's a big brain that's question. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah, that's Take right. that, Micah. <laughs> <laughs> um, because uh, the the New Testament, um, you know, it, so, so in a similar way to how at the beginning of Genesis, um, God is just on the scene. Um, God created. Yep. There's no introduction. In a similar way, in the New Testament, Jesus and the Holy Spirit just show up. Mm -hmm. They just, you know, pour out onto the scene. And part of what they're doing is 
creating a way for people to relate to God, to mm. relate to themselves. And so the um, sometimes th- these are called the missions of the Son and the Spirit, <laughs> um, which is just a way of saying, what did Jesus and the Holy Spirit each come into the world to do? We could literally talk all day about either of those um, you know, the whole Bible yep. climaxes with Jesus and his mission to the world. I bet the but, podcasters would love that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The special 24-hour <laughs> extravaganza. Yeah. Um, but uh, one of the things Jesus comes to the world to do is to reveal God right. to us. Right. I'm so glad um, you went there. Yeah. Yep. And and so this is where John 1, it calls Jesus the Word. Yeah. Um, which previously in the Old Testament, the Word of God is always... Um, either the word of scripture or the word of one of his prophets. It's God's way of revealing himself to his people. And yet in the New Testament, the word of God comes and it's a person. Mm -hmm. It's Jesus. And he is the one who reveals the Father. And especially uh, John Mm 1.18 is great on this. It says, no one has ever seen God, but Jesus comes to reveal the Father. That's part of of what he's there to do. And that's part of why he becomes a human. Uh He comes in terms that we can understand. Yep even more vivid than the words on a page right. are the actions of Jesus in history. Absolutely. And so that that's an important thing. If you if you want to see the character of God in vivid terms, yep. read the Gospels. Yes, exactly. As Jesus loves people, as Jesus administers care, as Jesus condemns sin, as Jesus pardons mm-hmm. sins, mm-hmm. as Jesus um, demonstrates his power, yep. each of those is a statement about who God is and how he relates to people. Yeah, that's outstanding. Um, so th- that's that's one way, yep. um, the Spirit and the Son. So so we could say that if, um, if, if relating to God the Father and God the Spirit, who are both spirits, mm-hmm. and we, you know, uh, we're not supposed to picture like Casper the friendly ghost. Right. Um, so th- they're they're immaterial beings, Mm -hmm. but no less real, of course, than we are. If that's really difficult to think of how you relate to God, then start, start in the gospels with Jesus. And, um, he's got flesh and blood too. Yeah. And, um, whatever Jesus did as Jesus is what God does. Mm -hmm. And he came to do the works of the father. And so, um, yeah, that's a, th- th- this can become a wonderful bridge through which to understand um, what it is to relate to God Yeah, because it's a little bit easier to think of relating to Christ. So what would you say then, um, you know, because it, it's so helpful that Jesus came as a person mm-hmm. and yet Jesus left. After he rose from the dead, he ascended to heaven. Yep. So if if someone asks, well, what do we do now that Jesus yeah. has not been on the earth for 2,000 years. Yeah. How is that helpful to us now? What, sure. is, what is God's answer time, to that? Time now? machine. Yeah. Just go back to the first century. That's, uh, well. Bill and Ted's great adventure. Yeah. We'll, yeah. we'll have to get a, a church DeLorean. <laughs> Take some um, field trips. One of the, I think the Bible is just hysterical. <laughs> and one of the funny, one of the funniest things is Jesus tells his disciples right at the end, um, Hey guys, um, I will be with you always, even to the end of the age. Peace out. See you later. Then he takes off. Yep. Uh, that had to be so confusing to them. Mm -hmm. Um, and yet we have the benefit of time and the rest of scripture to understand what he meant. And, and what he meant is rather shocking. Mm -hmm. It is that, um, as he said earlier in John, it's to your advantage that I leave. Uh, so 
if we're really being thoughtful, Christians shouldn't say to one another, oh, it'd just be so much better if Jesus were sitting here because Jesus would disagree with you. Um, Jesus says that it's better if he leaves because um, as a as the God-man, he couldn't be lots of places at one time. Mm. And so uh, if you're at your house and I'm at my house, then how could we both relate to God in the same moment? Well, in Jesus' earthly ministry, we couldn't. Right. Um, but the Spirit was sent by God. Mm. Uh, Jesus sent the Spirit to indwell, so to come live within Christians, and thereby uh, we can always be with the Lord. Now, not physically, right? It's, it's a spiritual existence. And so is this difficult still? Yes. But mm-hmm. the Spirit mediates to us. He, he is the conduit right. through whom we have relationship with Jesus and the Father. And so uh, Jesus thinks that's better. Yeah. So I don't want to argue with him about that. Totally. Yeah. So if, if we're trying to take Jesus at his word in a serious way, maybe um, could you help us put the pieces together? How do we think of, on the one hand, the Bible is the word of God, and mm-hmm. that's where I go to know God. Yep. And the spirit is active mm-hmm. in our hearts and in the world. Um, so how do... In other words, you know, how, how do we fit the Bible and the Spirit together as ways of God making himself known to us? Yep. Um, you know, should I be, uh, you know, if I if I want to relate to God, should I pray that this, the Spirit would give me an experience or that I should just read the Bible more? Yep. How do we fit, how do we think about those That's great. together? Um, uh, a, a theologian named uh, J.I. Packer once said that um, the Spirit's role is like a spotlight. Mm. And... Um, no one goes to see a, a, a beautiful structure at night and talks incessantly about the spotlight. Mm. The point is what the spotlight is illuminating. Right. And so the, the light's existence um, in that sense is to cast and illuminate and display the glory of whatever that light is sh- mm. shining upon. So the Spirit's role is to uh, display Jesus to us. And so um, when we're reading, uh, one of the things I've tried to do when I disciple people um, and when I do Bible reading with my kids and just myself when I pick up the scriptures is to say before I ever read anything, um, God, I'm dependent on you making yourself known. And I pray that you would help me to understand and that you would use your spirit to help me see you more clearly. Mm, And um, that is a way of humbling ourselves. Because it's not about our smarts, our intelligence, how much we already know, how long we've been Christians. Um, it's about God making himself known. Um, and the, the way he does that is uh, the, the Spirit gives us understanding. That mm-hmm. is his job, is to cast light on Christ. And um, it is then through Christ that we get to know God. Mm-hmm. Um, and... So that may feel impractical still, right? But yet, um, don't don't think of reading the scripture as interacting with um, interacting with merely a book, right? But a dialogue with a person, mm. and talk to your God as you read His Word, mm. and the more you do that 
the more over time you'll get to know God better and better and better. That's great. Any closing thoughts? Um, I think as you as you said that it it makes me think of just a couple, um, you know, kind of connect the dots with some of the things we said earlier okay. about um, scripture itself. The you know your Bible is not um, there's nothing special about it other than what God has decided to do with it. Mm -hmm. And one of the ways of doing that is that the Spirit works through His people reading the book. Um, and so it, it, it need not be a spirit versus word right. type of thing. Both Excellent. of them are yep. working towards yep. the same end. Yep. Exactly. And that goes back to what we said about, though there are three persons, there's one God. Mm -hmm. um, Jesus and the Holy Spirit are not doing two different mm -hmm. things in the world. Yeah. They are the same God, the same Creator, and the same Redeemer. Yep. Um, one God working in, in the lives of his people. Amen. Amen. Um, so brothers and sisters, if you're, if you've hung in there, thank you. Uh, this is not the easiest topic to wrestle with. And yet it is the reason we exist. And, mm -hmm. um, there's all kinds of distractions and spiritual reasons that we get pulled in other ways. And then God is immaterial. And so that's, that's hard, but, um, relate to him through his word by the spirit and start, especially in the Gospels, if this feels uh, uh, uberly complicated, if I could make up a word, um, and uh, maybe consider doing some of this with other brothers and sisters in Christ. And together, um, God's not just building a, individuals, he's building a people for himself. Hmm. Maybe as we close, uh, a word from Philippians 3 would be helpful to us. Uh, Philippians 3.10 says that I may know him, in the power of his resurrection, and may share his sufferings, becoming like him in his death. Um, God loves to answer prayers, and God delights to be known. So pray for the Lord to help you know him better, brothers and sisters, and he will. He's very good at that. But it happens slowly over time. Um, God in you, uh, an old book says, God is building in you a um, not a squash, uh, but an oak. Oak tree takes a long, long time to grow, and uh, that will include getting to know him progressively over time. And um, oak trees are much better than squash. Amen. Thank you for listening to this episode of Jesus is Better. For more info, visit us at www.churchonmill.org. That's churchonmill.org.